Hi, this is Jeff Steele. Today we're reading Exodus 28, verses 1 through 14. Call for your brother Aaron and his sons, Nadab, Avihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. Set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel so they may minister to me and be my priests. Make sacred garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. Instruct all the skilled craftsmen whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Have them make garments for Aaron that will distinguish him as a priest set apart for my service. These are the garments they are to make, a chest piece, an ephod, a robe, a patterned tunic, a turban, and a sash. They are to make these garments, these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons to wear when they serve me as priests. So give them fine linen cloth, gold thread, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. The craftsmen must make the ephod of finely woven linen and skillfully embroider it with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. It will consist of two pieces, front and back, joined at the shoulders with two shoulder pieces. The decorative sash will be made of the same materials, finely woven linen embroidered with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the tribes of Israel. Six names will be on each stone, arranged in the order of the births of the original sons of Israel. Engrave these names on the two stones in the same way a jeweler engraves a seal. Then mount the stones in settings of gold filigree. Fasten the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as a reminder that Aaron represents the people of Israel. Aaron will carry these names on his shoulders as a constant reminder whenever he goes before the Lord. Make the settings of gold filigree. Then braid two cords of pure gold and attach them to the filigree settings on the shoulders of the ephod. All right. Now we're moving on from the tabernacle itself. And this section begins uh, where we're going to actually address the people who will be serving in the tabernacle, the priests who will offer the sacrifices for the people. And the first thing that sticks out to me when I read this is the amount of effort that goes into the priest's clothing. Great care. It's supposed to be glorious and beautiful so intentional and and just like everything else all the the furnishings and the tabernacle in itself and god is being very very specific about how uh intentional and skillful the priest's clothing is supposed to be now as i start to think about that in regards to our uh current culture and our current cultural mindset depending on your church background you might have come from a church where uh, the same kind of intentions were true for you. Uh, you might have put on church clothes to go to church on Sundays um, in, uh, in, in our American culture, uh, in, in many cultures actually, it became an ex- expectation that you are supposed to dress up for God. Now, Originally, I believe that this came from a desire to give God our best, and from from examples such as Aaron. And I've heard it argued many times. If you were meeting with a president or with some important person, you wouldn't just roll out of bed to go to the meeting, right? You would clean up and you would get dressed nicely for it. So the argument goes, if you are meeting with God at church, shouldn't we do the same? It reflects the idea that approaching God is not just some casual affair, It's a reminder that we are worshiping the God who made the universe here. And it would be proper to show some extra respect. 
And in a church where everyone else is dressed up, when you walk in, you might feel like you should be dressed up too. And that kind of helps reinforce the, uh, the quote-unquote dress code for that congregation. Even though there's probably not a formally laid out dress code, it's more of an unspoken expectation. Now, those churches where people do not dress up generally do so because they don't want people to feel uncomfortable when they come into their gatherings. Imagine if you were visiting a church on Sunday morning and for the first time you walked in and felt really underdressed. It could be seen as kind of a barrier to have to dress up to go to church on Sunday morning and and many churches that want to reach their neighbors with the gospel would prefer to remove that potential barrier. So they say, come as you are. And understand that when they say come as you are, they're talking not just about the outer person, but the inner person as well. If you you are dressed like a mess, that's fine. And if your life is a mess, that's also fine. Come as you are and meet with God. It's easy in a dress-up kind of church to feel like you need to not just dress up, but also have your life together in order to be part of that community. People say, how are things going? And and you are supposed to say, fine. <laughs> fine is the right answer. Everything is always fine because you certainly don't want to admit that you have problems or that anything is less than wonderful. A, uh, a dress-down kind of community is hoping to avoid that Sunday morning veneer and, and make that a safe space to share real hurts and real issues. Now, to be fair, a dressing-up kind of community may want to be a safe space as well. You really can't judge a place simply by clothing. That wouldn't be fair at all. But a dress-down community uses casual clothing as a way to say, hey, we're not going to get caught up in appearances here. Two personal stories that I'd like to reflect on just a little bit. Uh, I was on a staff at a church that was very casual, come-as-you-are kind of place. And uh, we were hosting a volunteer dinner, and the theme of that dinner was a red carpet kind of awards show. So I was going to come out at the end of our uh, gathering and I was going to come out on stage and talk about the dinner and invite people to it. So I was in the back room and I thought to myself, how can I really take this presentation up a notch? I already had my clothes for the dinner. It was that night with me. So I went in the back and I changed into my suit and tie, dark dress, you know, suit and tie. And uh, when I walked out on stage, I got the response that I was hoping for, which was laughter (laughs) and amusement. Everyone thought it was so funny that I was wearing a suit and tie. Now, (laughs) upon reflection, how funny is it that we have actually reached a point in our culture where a pastor walks out on stage in a suit and tie And that was so unexpected and hilarious. (laughs) Hey, look, the pastor's wearing a tie. One other experience that I had. A different church where we were definitely come as you are. And we really prided ourselves on not having a dress code, you know, not having to dress up, etc. We thought that this made us a really authentic kind of place. Well, there was a couple who was about retirement age, and they uh, started attending our gatherings, and and they eventually became a part of our church community. I was talking with them one day after they had been a part of our church for a while, and I learned that at some point they had gone to the store and bought blue jeans for themselves. They never wore blue jeans. They, They weren't blue jeans kind of people. They had none in their closets. But they went out and bought them, And they wore them on Sundays because they said, 
we thought you had to wear blue jeans here. That was actually the moment that I realized that we had a dress code. I always assumed that because we dressed casually, that meant that everyone would feel free to dress however they wanted, but evidently that was not true. We had simply exchanged one dress code for another. Dressing down became simply a different form of dressing up, even though our Sunday clothes now meant blue jeans. Being somebody who is comfortable in blue jeans, uh, I always assumed that people who dressed up on Sundays would be very relieved if they didn't have to. It never occurred to me that they would actually have to make special arrangements to dress down enough for us. So how are we supposed to dress for gatherings? Uh, Watermark is definitely not a dress-up kind of church in that we would really prefer people be comfortable and be who they are. And there's not really uh, peer pressure to dress up. But something I want to be careful about is to make sure that we aren't just imposing another dress code on people. So let me ask you this. Why do you choose to wear what you wear? Some of us like to be fashionable, and it's important to look nice. To look nice. Now, obviously, that's not me. Uh, being fashionable is not something I've ever been accused of. Uh, some of us choose uh, comfortable over fashionable. Some of us might feel like going to a worship gathering means we should dress up a little more. Some of us might feel like going to gather with the church on Sunday morning means that we should dress casually so that everyone feels welcomed and included. Some of us might feel like you don't really even want to get dressed at all. And for you, we have online gatherings <laughs> on our website or on Facebook. The biggest thing that we should consider here is not what is the dress code for this community, but rather, how will I dress to meet with the church this morning? Dressing up is not wrong. Dressing down is not wrong. The, the question is, who or what am I dressing for? Dressing up became a problem when it became more about dressing to impress other people and with how good we looked or how expensive our outfits were. Now, if you're listening and you're feeling like, you know what, I'd love to wear a tie, or I'd love to wear a dress, but my church is so casual it would look out of place, then to you, I'd say go for it. The freedom to dress casually is no longer freedom when it actually becomes a requirement. The point of Aaron's uh, and the priestly wardrobe here in Exodus is that it was intentional. Great care went into what he wore, and in the wilderness, in their setting, that meant gold fancy adornments, precious stones. It was to be put together skillfully, fine linens with skillful design. And so I wonder, what does that look like in our context? Most of us would probably agree that being presentable in public is kind of a bare minimum, but, but think about how you dress yourself and your family for gatherings. Is it mostly about convenience? Is it to impress others? Is it to relate to others or to fit in with the culture of the church gathering you attend? I, I'm probably going to leave with more questions uh, than actual answers and, and maybe something to think about. I'm, I'm not here to tell you how to dress for church, but I think it's important for us to think through it for ourselves and, and to be solid in our own motivations. It's one more part of our lifestyle, and I'd like to honor God with my whole life, not just on Sundays. For me, I'm reminded, again, of how much I need to not judge. 
It used to be that if somebody would dress up for church, since I always favored, you know, dressing casually, that I would kind of have a critical attitude towards that person. Look how they think they can impress God by dressing up or, or, you know, they, man, they, they just want to impress the people around them with their fancy clothes. Their heart must not be in the right place. But man, I didn't recognize that it was actually just my own judgmental spirit talking and that my dressing casually at church did not actually mean that my heart was any more pure. By contrast, you might see someone dressed poorly and and you might think, man, why can't they dress up a little for God? They dress up for a job interview, right? Why not for worship? But when we label each other by what we wear, aren't we just sitting in judgment? Aaron and the priests dressed in the finest robes with gemstones to meet with God. But God also met with Moses in the wilderness when he was in his work clothes and God told him to take off his shoes. I would argue that we should be authentic in our approach to this, and, and not, but not be dismissive of each other who do it differently. Like it says, there's this whole thing in the book of James in the New Testament that, that I think is, is, uh, bears reading here. It says, uh, for example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? And then it says a little bit later, yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. I hope that we can be a community who worships authentically, whether we dress up to set aside Sundays as special or we dress casually so that everyone can feel included. And above all, whatever we wear, it's my prayer that we as a faith family are driven by a love for God and a love for the other members of our community. Let's pray. God, we want to give you our whole lives, every single part. And, uh, and I pray that you lead us with pure motives. I, I pray that you lead us to worship and I pray that you lead us to, um, to connect with our community and, and to share with them how good you are. God, help us to do that in the most authentic way possible um, to truly be ourselves and to be the people that you've called us to be. Thank you for calling us on this journey in your name. Amen.